podcast. Uh, my name's Andy. Uh, and I'm Steve. And apparently, I've got to get all my swearing out really quickly, which I'm going to refuse to do. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Oh, well, I hope you're doing all right. Um, we hope you enjoyed last week. We, we, we talk about wrestling, don't we, really, and all sorts of... Yes, it's a wrestling podcast. It's a kind of wrestling well podcast. Done. So if well you're done. coming across this for the first time, um, yeah... I mean, to be fair, the title of the episode is going to be called uh, The First Ever Clash of the Champions, and we're called Bang Bang Podcast. So if you are coming across this for the first time and you're shocked that it contains wrestling, it's going <laughs> to be slightly surprised. Because we probably there should be a clue in the name of the podcast and the actual title of the podcast. That should be a clue that we're going to be talking about wrestling. If you don't know that by now, you're a fucking stupid cunt. Yeah, there we are. Yeah, that's one. Um... I've had two bottles of Moretti already, and I'm starting on a on a bottle of Malbec. Yeah, it's cheap shop. Malbec, but it's a start. It's not a soft, fruity red. Andrew's definitely not a connoisseur of alcohol. It's anything that will get him drunk. Yeah, um, yeah. And later on, I'm I've already spiked his drink with Rohit Nol, yeah. so um, it's going to end very badly. It'll be for fine, us, yeah. But it might we might run short tonight. We'll see, but. Um, I, on the other yes, hand, what are you drinking, I am drinking some quality stouts from my good friends Bottles and Books. Um, hey, go and like them on Facebook. Yeah, go go to their page. This we're not sponsored by them, no. but they are a small local business and they are working phenomenal amounts of hours to keep their business ticking yeah. over. So I put in a decent amount um, order for a load of stouts. I've got. The Stay Puffed range, which includes an espresso martini marshmallow stout, a mm. praline, which I'm just drinking now, marshmallow stout, and an espresso martini and a coconut cream. I think I've got loads of fucking things. Um, I also got a Reese's Pieces stout and a chocolate stout. So I, I'm on a sweet tip tonight, um, but yeah. it's all 9%, so yeah. fuck you. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Bottles and Books, keeping me sane in these lockdown times. Pubs are open tomorrow. Pubs are open tomorrow. I'm not fucking going. No, nor am I. It's going to be full of cunts. It's my birthday on Sunday. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So this in Ferry is my... It's, it's, it's his birthday, so if you want to raise a glass, cheers, huh? Cheers, thanks, mate. Nice one, mate. But don't go to the pub. I mean, to be fair, this is going to be coming out tomorrow, so you might already be in the pub. You get, you get other other podcasts will record them during the week and have a, have a set-in-stone release date. You, on the other hand... <laughs> Fucking excited, yeah. And then as I soon do, as yeah. you've edited it, it's up, it's gone. Well, You're like an excitable child. Yeah, I mean, in listening back to some of the previous episodes, it may have been better to take a bit of time and edit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, but yeah, I kind you of get home and you drink a bottle home. of wine and a few bottles yeah. of lager. And, yeah. yeah, I normally fall asleep whilst it's uploading. So, but yeah, so it'll be out. It'll be out on uh, what, what's tomorrow the fourth. My birthday is the fifth. So it's not the length, people. It's the bandwidth. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. So what we're we talking about this week? Well, last week we we spoke about Sid, which was uh, uh, the reason we did Sid was we had a poll and people voted for Sid. So it's everyone else's fault we voted for Sid. So what have we learned from this, everybody? Well, Never to fucking do a poll again yeah. and trust you lot to pick a shithead. Yeah. But it seems to be quite popular. We've got a lot of we got a lot of nice feedback. Well, it would be popular because 58% of the cunts fucking voted for oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, got, it did quite well on the old download thing, so... Um, but that's not why we do it. No. I'm doing this, basically. I don't like anybody, so I don't really... I'm not doing it for popularity's sake. Yeah. I've started again on Twitter because it was getting a bit con- <laughs> convoluted well, we were with arguing me with arguing 
with yeah. Andy on the same page. It yeah. would, uh, some people's minds would have just blown. So I've reluctantly come back to Twitter, yeah. where I have, where where I've, I have surprisingly given his penchant for tiny wrestling. Yeah, um, come to a, a an understanding and a and a, and a positive discord with. Everybody's favourite heel podcaster, yeah, Uncle Dan. Yeah. <laughs> we have we have reached consensus well, on one this. or two points yeah. this week, which is which is nice. That's good. That's progress. I like to say. Well, we don't mention progress. we don't mention progress anymore, <laughs> no. No. Um, so yeah, so um, so last week was Sid Vicious. This week we're doing the uh, the inaugural but, Clash but of the I Champions. I'll just put my false teeth back in. We're doing the first ever Clash of the Champions. Which I apologise for pissed up calling Clash of the Titans last, <laughs> uh, last week. <laughs> like, so many people got very excited thinking we're going to do the... <laughs> maybe we should, was that maybe we should do a special Christmas yeah. film review rather than the wrestling Actually, review. the guy who did... The uh, guy, Ray... Harry Harrison died last week, didn't he? No, it's just, just the... It, he died a few years <laughs> ago. Just, right. I think it was... Uh, it, he it is was, dead, uh, though. Yeah. It was... It was. It would have been his hundredth birthday, I think. Okay, all right. But he died. He died a few years ago. But some of those films are fucking great. Sinbad films were yeah. brilliant. The spoiler: was, Ray, Ray, Roy, Ray, Ray, Harry Ray Harryhausen is dead, uh, and he's been dead for a number yeah, of years, and he's still dead. So, so I think it was the anniversary. It was his hundredth. Yeah. But it would have been his hundredth birthday. Mm. But he did that really, a a a, a proper forerunner of Ardman and their stop motion. Yeah. Um, he did that with all the dinosaurs and. Weird and wonderful yeah. creatures on the Sinbad movies back in the fifties <laughs> when when CGI just didn't yeah. exist and you had go to make in, um, do. Um, in, and he was it was very revolutionary at the time. So yeah. although looking back on it now, it, it just looks so cheesy. But it looks, at the time, brilliant. Um, Especially that when in what was it, the Golden Voyage of Sinbad or yeah. Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger? Or For whatever. anyone under the age of fifty, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm talking Sinbad, about Sinbad yeah. films, Sinbad. The sailor, um, yeah. But there was a bit where I've always it freaked me out as a kid. There was yeah. two bits in that film. One where a giant golden statue came to life, like a like a hundred foot tall golden statue, and they had to. Yeah. Uh, it was strange enough. Was Achilles. Okay. Um, and they they had to try and undo this big manhole cover on the back of his heel, strangely yeah. enough, to let the load of fluid out and then he crumbled into dust. Right. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and there was another bit where where it was near the end and they were it was Sinbad and the Golden Fleece. Yeah. And they were going to get the Golden Fleece and then up from the ground came skeletons yeah. dressed for battle and yeah. the, and you'd hit them down and another one would come up and that was just mind blowing back. So you people you think Game of Thrones is um... Go and check out Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, he's dead. There'll be some... Go to YouTube. There'll be... If you don't want to watch a whole film, but there'll be a load of clips of his, yeah. his best work on YouTube. Almost Clash of Titans. Well worth doing. Late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 82, 83. I remember as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was one of his later works. And then yeah. CGI took over. So it was... Yeah. So, yeah, so we're doing... Yeah. Anyway, we've already our... veered off of the wrestling yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah, take well, us long. We're, not getting, we're getting back <laughs> off the wrestling topic in a minute. So, so yeah, we we did the first ever Starcade a couple of weeks ago, so now we're doing the first ever Clash of the Champions, so we're kind of following a sort of theme of stuff. So the first ever Clash of Champions was on March 27th, 1988. It was. Now, 
if you remember what we did to the first Starcade. Yes, my dear. I'm now going to talk you through the top 10 in the uh, UK pop charts on um, the 27th of March 1988. I'd right? just like to put in, Yeah, 88 was probably the the best musical year I had because that <laughs> year I managed to get out on tour yeah. with The Wonder Stuff and Crazy Head yeah. and also the Ramones and Iggy Pop. Yeah. So I had a whale of a time in 1988 and it's all been downhill again yeah. until I... I don't think you, you played with any of the acts on, the, on this list. I'm fucking open, not... Right, so I want uh, an honest opinion on each song. You okay? will get it, mate. You know me. At number 10, I'm Not Scared by Eighth Wonder. Oh, it's Patsy Kenzie, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, song. I think it's Patsy Kenzie in... Actually, from what I remember, when I went trying to look up her skirt in a bad Stephen sort of way... Yeah. Um, good song. pop song. Yeah. I like that. That's a yeah, thumbs up from me. But I, wasn't that written by Pet Shop Boys? Yeah, I did say that. I think. Yeah, I... I, I, I <laughs> as soon as how much I, I took you notice of you. Too concentrating yeah. on looking at Patsy Kenzie's skirt. Well, uh, as you would do. These Dreams by Heart... Now, <laughs> the band that I'm currently doing stuff with, a band mm. called Super Together, mm. we've, we've got stuff on YouTube, based in Edinburgh, with a couple of the Godfathers, Richie and Billy. Yeah. Um, we've got Dunsey, who's our guitarist. Also, go to check out Dunsey D on Facebook, his Facebook page, and Dunsey's covered O Metal. Yeah. But he's a massive Harp fan, and it's quite frankly wrong. It's, it's one of those songs, isn't it? It's... Awful. Yeah. Uh, number eight, I Should Be So Lucky by Kylie. Everybody's favourite antipathy and sex music. If you want me to do this, if you want me to do that Neighbours podcast, get in touch, I'll do it. Kylie, I'm Kylie, talking... sweet and smiley, sing me a song in a rubber dub style. I'm not talking to Kylie, I'm talking to people there, anyone <laughs> out there. Uh, seven is Heart by the Pet Shop Boys. I like Pet Shop Boys. I like the Pet Shop Boys as well. Yeah, I like um, the Pet Shop Boys. Thumbs up that one. I, I shall give all those a thumbs up so far. <laughs> um, Cross My Broken Heart by Sunita. Fuck right off. No, thumbs in the middle there for me. Uh, Stay On These Roads by Aha. Um, not one of their uh, good ones. I'm no. a big fan of Sun Always Shines on TV. Yeah. And obviously Take Take On Me yeah, is, is just good, a yeah. pop classic, isn't it? So. Uh, number, f- what have I got? So number four is a song I've never heard of called Could Have Been by Tiffany. No, I don't know. T- Tiffany, I used to impersonate her in the singers oh, for one of our songs. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, Can I Play With Madness by by The Maiden. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i got a lot of mates who love, I've got a lot of love for Iron Maiden. Yeah. I, I just sing no. that bollocks. Number two, Drop The Boy by Bross. Rubbish. Well, yeah. And number one, Don't Turn Around by Aswad. No, oh, that's if, a good if, song. If, Everything else by Aswad up to that point would have been really good because they were they were they like were a good. serious reggae band, were they? And then yeah 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 brilliant reggae band. Um, but then but then they sold out for the Almighty Pound, yeah. um, and that was their pop lovers rock sort yeah. of. Shine was a good song as well. By Aswad, one of the only songs. This is a completely unrelated note. One of the only songs to mention them for Christian, and that Shine by Aswad, <laughs> no, which <clears throat> never turned up in one of my lyrics, strangely no. enough. I asked for some questions, and we had a question from. So moving swiftly on and not really giving it any part of a build-up. Actually, we've had a load of questions. We've had a load this of week. questions, 
Uh, and we got a, a, one qu- a first question from James from that nineties wrestling podcast. Yeah. He asked, "How big is Batista's dick?" About an inch and a half. And I would say on it's the hard. Not as big as them for Christie's. That's what I would it's say. fucking certainly not as big as two cold Scorpios. No, so there's your answer to that one. Right, should we talk about some wrestling rather than... Why, why, why is all these other questions? Well, they'll come in. Oh, I'm going to try and feed the questions in during the episode rather than... It fucking changes the format, the fucking podcast, well, before he even runs there's, it past me. There's a format, is Fucking that? wanker, mate. There's a format. Fuck right. off. <clears throat> Go on, do it so, on your own. So, here's some history behind the Clash of the Champions. So, so at this time... There was um, obviously Vince had the WWF. Did he? Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Fuck me. And then um, there was Jim Crockett who had NWA, Miss South, that kind of thing, and they brought up. Uh, no, he didn't have Mid South. He had Mid Atlantic. Okay, well there we are. It's the same thing. No, it some completely different. They brought up the UWF, so didn't they? Mid South was he turned into the UWF. Well, I think Jim Crockett. They they purchased UWF. But um, I'm dealing with amateurs. Vince had started putting proper pay per views up against. Had he? Starcade. Do you think in many years' time he would have considered compiling them all onto some sort of. He could, yeah. He can check all these out on the network. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so he started Survivor Series up against Starcade. And then that was on pay per view. And then the old bunkhouse stampede. Which we'll talk about at some point. Dusty Rose, the king of the bunkhouse <laughs> yeah. stampede. But he put on the uh, Vince put on the Royal Rumble on free TV to counter the bunkhouse stampede. So Jim Crockett decided to repay it the favour. It, it was as if they were doing counter programming yeah. to try and get ratings. Mm. And anybody who's been on Twitter in the last week will <laughs> realise why I'm making a fucking that sarcastic anymore, point of that. So WrestleMania four, Jim Crockett decided to. Counter program WrestleMania 4. What, you mean somebody counter programmed against the WWE? Yeah. Is that such a thing? Yeah. Would it ever happen? Well, 22, 32 years ago it happened, yeah. Ooh. 30, yeah. Ooh, the fucking ago. rotters. Yeah. So they put the, um, the Clash of Champions free on TV up against WrestleMania 4. You mean this is not gonna do this? This is not the first time it's happened. You're gonna do this whole podcast, though. Fucking probably. Right. So yeah, so they put on this big show free on TV. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's getting quite annoying now. You have yet to, If you could see Andy's face at this point, it's, it's just a, a mix of despair yeah. and growing frustration. That's normal to be fair. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this, this Clash of Champions show was on yeah, free so TV. Should we do a podcast about this Clash of Champions? I'm not going to talk again until you stop doing that. Right. So should we do the card the card for the match? One nil off, right? to the sweary cup. One right. nil to the sweary cup. So the card. Mike Rotunda against Jimmy Garvin in a, for the TV title in a college rules match. We'll get to that in a bit. That, that. Yeah, we'll get to it in a bit. Yeah, but this one second rule, that's not college no. rules. No. Midnight Express versus the Fantastics for the US tag titles. Fucking great match. Road Warriors and Dusty versus the Powers of Peyton Ivan Koloff in a Wait. barbed wire match. Well, we don't spoil it. Short and waste of time. Luger and Wyndham versus Tuggy Lauren for the world tag title. I've been told to shut up. <laughs> well, I'm not asking for you. This, this isn't the review of the show. This, this isn't the show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to read some matches out about your one word review of them. That was, that was the pop Shit. charts. <laughs> not this. And then Flair versus Sting for the world title. 
So that sounds like a good card, really, on paper, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and it was okay overall. So, um, I'm Steve, and this <laughs> yeah, is Yeah, all of us. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Um, so, yeah, so what WrestleMania 4 was the, the tournament, wasn't it? It was. It was... <sighs> Trump Plaza, that was it. Was there any matches on there apart from the... There must have been other... It wasn't just tournament matches. Was no, it? there were there were other like things going on, but it was and... it was the the bulk of it, and it was the the first pay per view that really stretched over the over the three hour mark. Was it in well. two? Was it in two? It was a it was a two. Um, I used the VHS. Two video VHS. Two, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so um, show starts off, and it's Bob Bob Cordell and. Bob Corley. Tony Schiavone with his... Possibly the... Fantastic moustache. The most wooden <laughs> presenter known to man, Bob Cordell. Bless him. And Baby, Par- Baby Jim Ross as well was in the... Uh... Yeah, when his face used to move. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you listen to this, so... No, you do probably don't. Um... Apparently we, 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 people have been trying to get Nick Aldis to... Yeah, 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 yeah. He's probably going just like... He'll be listening to this now and just thinking, bunch of fucking idiots. And he's Apparently gone. he's a big fan of Aswad, though. He's gone. So, but Nick, if you're out there, if you're a big fan of Aswad, well, it's Aswad, probably complete shit from Andy. But if you are, you're a f- I, I enjoy your taste in music. And if Aswad are listening, they're big fans of wrestling. Then... As, that's Brinsley. 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 Yeah. Oh, they were good, Aswad. From but again, it's one of those things the which... double deckers. If you hear... Drums, beautiful. If you're in a, a pub disco... When we used to be able to go to pubs, and you have like a, a disco in there. When that come on, that your heart would sink on there. There's certain songs if you're in a pub, and you get a pub singer, anything, it, it anything is a, reggae. It is a nightmare. It is a nightmare <laughs> karaoke because a it would be sort of reggae light backing. Yeah. And and you have to. As well, we're a, we're a proper yeah, yeah, reggae yeah. band, yeah. so they knew they had good chops. Yeah. But. A karaoke version of Aswad mm. will be reggae light yeah. stuff with a fucking drum machine, and then you'll have some prick yeah. singing. If you get out of time and out of yeah, uh, if you get a I pub singer of karaoke, I really do. Although I have sung yeah. "Love Will Tear Us Apart" in the King's Arms in Brislington at their karaoke night. I sang the Wichita Lineman at the Manhattan Stadium. It's a complete silence. I don't think anyone else in the pub had ever heard the song. Well, no, that's fucking that's good choice. That. It's a good that's choice. Good. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure my performance did it justice, to be honest. Glenn Campbell version of a Jimmy Webb classic. Yeah. Is, uh, I am the lineman for the county. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and I need you more than won't you. Well, my original point was, if you go to a pub... And I need you for a time. And there's a pub singer on. Harry Richard Lavin, yeah. like Paul Shane. Hello. That is a stock. There's there's free stock songs for pub singers in pubs. You'll get Kingston Town by UB40. Yeah, you yeah. might get all uh, red red wine. Yeah, all red red wine. Anything <laughs> by any UB40 song. Literally. You yeah. might get. You probably get Angels. You might get Simply the Best. And you'll probably get um, Don't Turn Around as well by Aswad. I'm not sure if that is to the credit of those songs that they are just songs that people will, anyone thinks, oh, I can turn my hand at doing that. If there's somebody sucking me off, (laughs) 
It's your mum. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, so the first match on this <laughs> Godforsaken fucking show is uh, Mike Rotundo against Jimmy Garvin. So two Mike good Rot- wrestlers. Two good wrestlers. I like um, Jimmy, Jimmy Garvin's... Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Shit heel routine, especially yeah. in world-class championship wrestling, yeah. was fucking funny as fuck. Was it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good chicken heel. He's, he's, yeah, brilliant. So, he, obviously, as we said, this match was under college rules. Which was very spurious. Which was made up on yeah, the spot, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, it was a one count, and you had... So, you had to be pinned for a one count, and you had three five-minute rounds, and there was a 30-second rest period in between. So, Mike Rotunda came out with... Uh, Kevin Sullivan, because he was part of the Varsity Club. Varsity Club. With Rick Steiner. Do you want to know the other members of the Varsity Club over the years? Rick Steiner... Kevin Sullivan, surprisingly enough. Um, Steve Williams and Dan Spivey. They were all like lettermen at their college. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, 30 second rest period. And Jimmy Garvin came out with Precious, who was his wife in real life. Now, Jimmy Garvin, his original valet was Sunshine. Okay. Um, who they were. They weren't related or anything, and he 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 came in yeah. with Precious, who was his actual wife. Yeah, and she came in as Sunshine's assistant. Okay. Originally, and then the story was to work it so Jimmy Garvin did the dirty on Sunshine right. with Precious to set up a few between Precious and Sunshine Jeez, and yeah. Jimmy Garvin, and also turn Sunshine face but the general consensus on that when was this like mid 80s that was in well, it was in the mid 80s yeah the general consensus on that whole thing was that jimmy garvin and sunshine had more chemistry together yeah than jimmy garvin and precious who was his actual wife right <laughs> so that was, a, worrying, that was yeah. a weird bit worrying uh so yeah he again he said he was in world class awa NWA he had some feuds with Flair. After this, I think after this he joined the Freebirds, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was after that, the Freebirds. That was, and now he's a pilot. Well, he he was a pilot, commercial yeah. airplane, um, and then he he lasted about three weeks as a producer in the WWE. But yeah. I think he was victim to so much um, ribbing that he just thought, "Fuck it, I don't yeah. need this." So his brother, storyline brother, Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Is his, is step- his stepdad, yeah. <laughs> and do you know really the s- seven years between them? Yeah. <laughs> that's normal, isn't it? That's wrestling. <laughs> that's wrestling. That's, that's, that's wrestling, kid. That's the south of uh, the southern America as well. Well, Ronnie uh, Garvin's French-Canadian, for a start. Yeah. Okay. So he could have been in... He could have been in primary school with his stepdad. Just about. Just about, yeah. I've, yeah, I've worked this out before, yeah. Just about Just seven about years, yeah. If you got held back a year. Uh, Mike Rotunda, obviously, we did a little bit about Mike Rotunda on our Barry Windham episode. Yeah. Former tag team champions of Barry Windham. And then uh, he had odd. holder as well. well I think we, we, uh, we, I think we owe someone an uh, episode about Mike Rotunda. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, yeah, you, do kept, what. you kept saying. But he's had, he's had about 40 different gimmicks, and here it is. Captain. It was Captain Mike Rotunda. Captain Mike Rotunda, which was Jim Hurd. It was Jim Hurd, again. VK Wall Street. 
IRS. IRS. Michael Wall Street. Yeah. Um, I'm sure his name was Rotundo at one point as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It was. Um, and and if them. you hear, it comes up on the screen as Rotunda. Yeah. But the ring announcer calls him Rotundo. And obviously his two sons. He's got two sons. He's got more than two sons. I think he's got more than two sons, but his two sons are Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and his daughter's... He's got a daughter and she, I think she was involved with wrestling slightly. Yeah, Mika, yeah. Mika. She looks very much like um, Bo. Very... <laughs> obviously Bo had long hair, didn't he? And he looked. He, Bo's a weird, he, wait, he, he was weird good, looking he was, guy, isn't he? He's brilliant. That again in those early days of proper NXT. With the Bo was, Lee. He's brilliant, really. He was I, good. I think his his smiling and everything yeah. reminded me a little bit of Brother Love. Yeah, and even when he was doing the stuff with um, Curtis Axel, where they were the what did the, 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 the B team, weren't they? Yeah, that was it. Was entertaining stuff. Um. So yeah, so what about the match? Well, the match was, it was a match, wasn't it? Again, it's not really, it was a strange concept for a match. I think they did, they did, they did good with it because yeah. they're two, they were two seasoned professionals and they could hold a match together. Yeah. It's just that in the grand scheme of things, nobody really gave a fuck about either of them at that time. Not really. Although, although I, I liked his, he was able to get under your skin by being a bit of a naff heel, I, um, I think, Rotunda. Well, that was the whole gimmick was they're all supposed to be like sort of jocks, aren't they, the, the varsity club. Yeah, so yeah. So again, the finish of the match, so he wins. What I put about this, well, basically, my main highlights on this match was Teddy, Teddy Long was a ref and he had a skullet. Yeah. Basically. Um, my Rotunda won. And then after, again, with a lot, I haven't watched, obviously that first Starcade was five years before this. It's 1988. But there's very few, very A, very few clean finishes. B, very few finishes where the match just ends. Dusty, Dusty Rose book, <laughs> isn't it? Because at the end of this match, so... He's, he's famous for fucking around with all that booking. So... Rotunda wins, Rick Steiner comes down, and Precious hits Rick Steiner with a 2 by 4 and then she gets hold of a coat hanger, which I think Kevin Sullivan must have had, or did he? And he oh, start, then she starts choking Kevin, Kevin Sullivan with a, with a coat hanger in the middle of the ring. And it ends up, they, they get away, basically, as Sullivan is trying to grab hold of Precious. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan sued for the 2 by 4 <laughs> He wanted it back, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they escaped. So yeah, first match, you'd say, well... That's... Decent enough wrestling match, weird yeah. concept, and yeah. and neither of them were particularly over. Right, I'd now like to present... It, it also, yeah. it also seemed to be a nothing thing just to try and further a feud. Yeah. Which is a bit odd. Yeah. Um, so following this, um, we've got a promo with... Um, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Oh, that's now, just fucking <laughs> awful. A famous, a man famous for his, what, he was a, a he, obviously he joined Great the... College footballer, wrestler, he joined the varsity collegiate club. wrestler, not an articulate man, I, I, it's fair to say. But he was a proper, it was, yeah, I know Jim Ross was a big proponent of him, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he couldn't talk, just let him wrestle. Oklahoma Fine, man, wasn't good. it? But he's fucking, if you're going to play some of this 
I'm gonna play it all. Just I cannot. I can't do it justice. To fucking be honest. hideous. So this is the promo from it's um, almost as bad as our Bob Coddle. Uh, <laughs> the best song I've ever. But I know you had to have heard about. Difference in the these promos and backstage things between you think back to I mean we can a lot of us can remember WrestleMania four, yeah. So if you compare that to this, production wise, I can remember yeah. WrestleMania four production wise, it doesn't really does it stand up. Well, that's what they've always had over WCW or any other places the the production values. Yeah, are still today. Well, I suppose. Well, no, let's go into fucking things like that because you just get fucking annoyed. We don't talk about no, see, current just, stuff. Just, we will one day. We'll do brush we'll, under the carpet. One day we'll just brush under the carpet. We'll just do an episode of of current issues and we'll have an argument for an hour and a half. Next match: Midnight Express with the Fantastics. The I I tell you what the the crowd was massively into this. Well, yeah, there was a guy there dressed up in suits. Trying well, I mean, I suppose they were they were well, they were fans of Cornet because they're holding his spelling his name out, Cornette. holding up signs. Um, but yeah, he introduces the, the Midnight Express. He looked about fourteen, but he was twenty seven yeah, yeah. at that point. Jim Cornet. So yeah, so Midnight Express versus the Fantastics. And at this point, and they were the, the US Midnight Express was champions. Beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane. Mm. Do you have you got a a favourite? I, I I like uh, Bob Holly and uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But that that again from from when I was a kid, that's that's the incarnation that I remember. Yeah, that's the incarnation that I remember. Um, yeah. Watching back, um, Dennis Condra is a good old grizzled pro. Um, yeah. I don't think they gelled in my mind as yeah. much as beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan. Um, 
lover boy Dennis and beautiful Bobby were yeah. probably the who was the guy in WWF who did the, the little uh, little wiggly belly thing <laughs> was that Gigolo Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey G- Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. of course there, the lineage of obviously being managed by Jim Cornette um, him and Sweet Stan went after a, a disagreement with Jim Hurd. Yeah. Um, and they then offered Bobby a fairly decent contract to stay. Yeah. Um, and this has been this has been documented well. And he he was like, well, when Jim Cornette said you come in, and he said, well, they've offered me this, and I got to feed my kids, and didn't hold it against him. It was like you got to do what you got to do. Did Stan then wrestle in WWF? He didn't wrestle in no, the WWF. I he say, did. He backstage did stuff, backstage stuff. Yeah. But he went and stayed with Jim Cornette with Smoky Mountain yeah. Wrestling, and they formed the Heavenly Bodies with yeah. Doctor Tom Pritchard, um, who at that point had come up through World Class Championship Wrestling, Global Wrestling. He was a, a Texas, yeah, Texas wrestling mainstay. So the Heavenly Bodies were like USWA. the Heavenly Bodies were like uh, the the lineage with Jim Cornette yeah. and Sweet Stan Lane. Yeah. Stan Lane left fairly quickly, mm. although not before. Um, Bobby Eaton came to Smoky Mountain Wrestling yeah. uh, as part of a trade deal and the Rock and Roll Express I do believe had Arn Anderson on their side and Bobby Eaton was on right. the Heavenly Bodies side so yeah. it was like a it was a Midnight Express reunion and then when Sweet Stan left um, they brought in James Richland who because he was from Delray yeah. Delray Beach in oh, Florida. Yeah. Um, they named him the Gigolo Jimmy Delray. Yeah. And I liked him. I liked them as a tag team, but they were they were the modern day equivalent of the uh, Midnight Express. And again, they feuded with yeah. the Rock and Roll Express. And the thing was, they were called the Heavenly Bodies. And when they, I, mean, I, I remember them from when they were in the WWF. And obviously, the joke was that they both were. Looked at bodies of like <laughs> middle aged truckers, which, which yeah. middle aged truckers, which strangely enough, Jimmy Del Rey became a trucker <laughs> yeah, after he yeah. left the WWF. That's and then sure. died of a heart attack at the wheel. Did he? Yes. Yeah. I never, I never really seen anything. I heard, obviously, heard and seen Midnight Express. I never really seen much of the Fantastics before, for this match. But again, it strikes me, and I've heard stuff that they were kind of. Almost in the shadow of the Rock and Roll Express a little bit. They were fairly similar. Well, it all depend. It all depends which um, which territory you were there because yeah. you'd have a babyface team like the Rock and Roll Express. Um, you had the fabulous ones, which was yeah Steve Kern, who who later became Skinner and um, Stan Lane, who were over in Dallas, Texas. But if you went to Tennessee, yeah. the Fantastics were over in that area. And if you went to other places, the Rock and Roll Express were over as that. Yeah. But they, the Rock and Roll Express had a, a big a big effect on those sort of things because you had all the babyface tag teams, pretty much the smaller ones, pattern themselves after yeah. the Rock and Roll Express. And you had straight rip-offs in... 
blatantly a, a, a mix of the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express with the Midnight Rockers, Sean yeah. Michaels and Marty Jannetty and AWA. So that, but by that point, they weren't even hiding yeah. who they were trying to rip off. And even now, I mean, that's what you look at in AEW with uh, your with your friends, the uh, the Young Bucks. Never heard of them. No. Back in, but I, you can say you can say is a it's a rip off, but it's it's like with the um, what are they call now FTR now that used to be the revival. Again, they are. I think they're proud to say they are a, not especially a rip off. But, but they're a throwback to, to to those sort of classic Arnin, wrestling teams, yeah, Arn yeah. and Tully. Yeah, well, anyway, Arn and with them, I think it's more kind of Minnesota Wrecking Crew, sort of Arn and Oli kind of. No, I think mean, they're just Arn and Tully. Mm. But neither of them are the dick that Tully was. I don't know, they're both kind of no nonsense kind of. They're both two Arns, aren't they? It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are two Arns, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a question there on as well. Well, I'll, we'll do it now because it's all go. There's another big tag team match later on. Yeah. But our friend Nels asked, not Nels, the. Um, actually, that no, wasn't Nels, it was Chris, Mill Chris. Yeah. Uh, asked us if you could. It's probably a question which needs a bit longer kind of thinking about. If you could take two members of two famous tag teams and put them together as a team. Yeah. Who would you do? So it's like a member of. Rock and Roll Express and yeah, I get the concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought I just yeah, just yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, this match. I mean, it starts off pretty. There's chairs and tables. So you're not going to let me answer it then? Well, I thought you could. You got a bit of time. Yeah, but I'm going to put you on the spot and so see you got to answer you it just now. Did. <laughs> well, no, because there's another big taxi match later on. We could bring it up then as well. But this match, there's chairs and tables and but it's a good match. Yeah, yeah. Fast-paced match. Well, they were, they were both smaller wrestlers um, and a high-flying stuff. Bobby Eaton is... Lovely. Fantastic mullet as well. Probably the best mullet. Oh, God. The, 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 he's got <laughs> the best mullet in the entire it's history. It's blonde as well. It's like a bleach blonde But for the time, helps. he was just such a fucking smooth worker. And again... Anything from the technical stuff to the yeah. stuff off the top rope. He's Alabama any, jam. If you looked at his, his knee drop his off physique, the top rope. His physique is so smooth. His physique was just a but he, he a was normal guy. Yeah, he's a normal, he but he wrestled like yeah. a dream. And he, he did a high fly and stuff. He could do the yeah. He could do it all. Yeah. He was just such a. And to be honest, if I'm looking at uh, two tag team things, the one that immediately springs to mind actually happened. Yeah. Because I would have taken Beautiful Bobby from the Midnight Express and I would have taken Iron Man. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. And then they they yeah. teamed up in they the Dangerous that. Alliance. So yeah. for me, sort of that era, yeah. they, they they actually did my dream team yeah. of, of Beautiful Bobby and Iron Anderson. In the WWF, different matter though, isn't it? So yeah. you're, you're, you're looking pretty much at, well, the, the... at the stampede side of things. So you there could be a... Uh, and again, I think they might have had a few matches together, but you'd be looking at obvious pairings like British Bulldog and Bret Hart yeah. as, a, as, as a dream. Or even Bret and Sean. Bret and Sean would, would never have happened, but... <laughs> Unlikely, no. But it no. would have been good. Um, well, you know, Anvil, Anvil and Sean would have been a good team. Complement each other... Sean could do more high flying stuff than Brett could do, and Anvil could do the the power stuff. Yeah, to a point, but then. How about uh, 
bushwhacker Luke in the Warlord. That would have been a great team. <laughs> that would have been a good team. You would have never got the belts off of them. <laughs> Which is funny though, Bushwhacker, have you ever if you're, who, who got the fastest Royal Rumble? Was that Butch or Luke? Butch. Butch. If you had a Butch in the Warlord. Until, until, um, and Santino. Santino Morella got it okay, down to six man for team. a second. Santino, Butch and the Warlord. What, what, the whole... what team was, what team was Buddy Santino in? What tag team? Yeah, because you veered off topic now, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. What tag team was he? He was he was he was in a tag team with. Who did he tag team with? Vladimir Kozlov. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. Thanks. Um, not particularly good, but no. uh, well remembered. Again, this match there's no so the finish the whole match they're doing. They're, they're keeping one of the Fantastics in the corner and then he keeps making the tag and the ref's always distracted. So he gets built up, built up, built up, built up. You beautiful build It's, it's perfectly that, done, yeah. yeah. And then there's big, big fucking, the heat's rising and rising and rising from the crowd and he finally makes the tag. Tommy Rogers and makes then, the tag to yeah, Bobby Fulton. Yeah, and the ref's like, no, no, I didn't see it. Yeah. So Bobby Fulton just fucking chucks Pee Wee Anderson out of the ring. As you do. Yeah. Easy enough to do. I think you could chuck and Pee Wee Anderson <laughs> out of the ring. He's got a quite good uh, mullet and moustache uh, combo. Yeah, yeah. As well. And it was Pee Wee Anderson yeah. that was w- was ripped his shirt off on the top of the yeah. bar and was doing the Hulk Hogan poses <laughs> yeah, yeah. when um, Dr. Death, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy were beating up an entire bar. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, yeah, and then they get. I think Cornette tries to interfere, hits him with the racket. Fantastic, then they're getting the pin. New champions. And then... Dusty, Dusty finish. PB comes in and says, "Actually, no, it's a DQ because your man threw me over the top rope." Yeah. So the belts go back to the Midnight Express. Yeah, and and, he and then did you, did you know? Yeah. That the US tag team titles yeah. were created specially for the Midnight Express to oh, really? to, to to have. It seems like a I, I, at the time of, and even in now in WWF you got two tag team titles. You think, oh, what's the fucking point? But in in this time period, when you've got it made sense five six legendary tag, yeah. fucking teams, it makes sense. Yeah, because again, you go on and if, once you've lost that, then you probably go on and feud for the like, but like, but like with the Intercontinental title and the US title, they they would be you'd have that and then. You'd have that for a while, and then you'd lose it, and then you'd probably go on and feud for the for but the main that's, title. That's my that's my problem with being a long term WWE fan. Yeah, is they've never really taken tag team wrestling seriously, no, no, not really, no. or done it no. properly. No, they've had some they've had some good tag teams in, in the yeah. WWE, but they've never really took it properly. Um, Logic would dictate in WCW that if you had a team like the Midnight Express, yeah, and you put them in against a make, a put together team of Sting and Lex Luger, say who didn't tag regularly, yeah, they followed logic and. Sting and Lex Luger would take the loss because they were in there against yeah. a specialist tag team. Yeah, doesn't work like that in WWE no. at all. It's just. The people who are the most over their push, will, and that's why they've not booked tag teams properly, and that's why probably the best time that the revival FTR are gonna have is when they were 
NXT Tag Team Champions. Well, that time period in NXT, that two or three year period, you had them, you had American Alpha. They were great. You had... Uh, DIY. DIY. You had Offers of Pain. You had the fucking War Raiders, whatever they, they were called. Came, well, yeah, they came a bit Yeah, out, yeah, but you, there was, again, then there was, and then you had, um, even go back to, like, the Lucha Dragons when they were in NXT. Yeah. Even the fucking the Ascension when they were in NXT. Yeah, but God, well. But yeah, but they there were was, the most effective when they were. Yeah, and but they, that's what you said out all those yeah. teams. All those teams. Was, was awful, the same. wasn't it? Because American Alpha, I think they, did they, they didn't, didn't Yeah, they, they, they got Smackdown championships, I think. Did they? Did yeah, that yeah. I'm not sure if they actually, they didn't actually come up together, did they? I don't think they come up together, yeah, yeah, did they? Yeah, they did, yeah. And they I took Jason Jordan off to be Angle's believable son. And then what's Clark, not Clark Gable. <laughs> Shorty G. Shorty G, yeah. Oh, that's a, poor, that's a, poor Chad Gable. It's yeah. not even his name anyway, but no. they all bastardized those, that even more. But yeah, there was all those teams that came through. And what did they do with them? Nothing. I think Revival won the belts. So they did, they did, but... It, it wasn't but for what like they were presented as uh, it was presented more as a fluke wasn't it when they were a legitimate good tag yeah. team but then that filtered down and when they stopped taking the intercontinental championship yeah. seriously it, it, it's like and now they're playing take, games I don't with, think really I don't they're think playing games with the main titles and it's like yeah. why do we even bother I don't think I, I generally don't think there's a lot of care and attention goes into any of it anymore, is it really? Well, it's when they stop treating it like a wrestling show. They all... But even before, I think now they're trying to... It doesn't to like... matter. There's no, real, there's no real emphasis on titles or believability of, of lineage no. or logic I think, in any I of think it. Lesnar, no. I mean, I think when they obviously had Lesnar. I don't, I'm not sure if that helped, really. Because obviously he I don't know. He was, he was booked... It, it feels wasn't like, it feels a bit like it was old people fashioned. Are, people at Brock Lesnar is the de facto champion, and it, whether he's got the belt or not, and and yeah. the it, the way he's been pushed, he could just he loses on a fluke, and then he could take it back at any time, yeah. and that to me just devalues everybody well, yeah. else on the roster. There's no one else could be him, could they really? They Apart from Strowman, Strowman's they, bigger than him. They could probably do without him. Yeah, well, he's not there now, is he? Because, because they've got a chance to push other people on the, the roster. Got, it just devalues everybody, doesn't it? it it's it's rubbish. a shame with. Because um, you've got Drew yeah. McIntyre, who's doing a fucking good job yeah. under trying circumstances. He hasn't got a. What audience he has got is those programmed fucking bots. Yeah. And the the performance centre well, people can. with, with scripted chants. You can you can't tell. Again, you can't tell if someone's. It's completely different there. If there's a crowd there, if there's twenty thousand people in the arena, or whatever. The whole match is going to be different. The whole feel of whatever. The whole reaction to the wrestler is going to be different. It just. I, so it's an odd kind of. I can't watch it. No, it is difficult. I can't watch it. It's a difficult watch. I haven't watched. I haven't watched Great American Bash. I haven't watched. No. I haven't watched NXT for God knows how long. No. I I never watch AEW. Maybe I should. Do just I mean, to keep up. Just to give it a chance. Because how can I slag people off? 
I if I'm not even yeah, watching it to, to bit, know if it's really yeah, still to be shit. Fair, I haven't watched it in probably a couple of months because again I don't. I I'm not interested in wrestling at this point. No, not really. No. I it doesn't the the crowd to it just proves how much the crowd influence yeah. how good a a match and how good a card this is. What, again, this is what a lot of this stuff. And like this, this that, match. The, Midnight Express versus the Fantastics. Yeah. The, the crowd, crowd were massively into it. There's a small pocket of people. There's a pitch the whole time. There's a small of people that like Cornette. It's about 10 blokes in the front of the crowd. And then the rest of it, again, the, the women in the crowd want the Fantastics to win. And everyone else wants to see Midnight Express and Cornette lose and get embarrassed or humiliated or get beat up. Yeah, like Cornette always says that he used to get. He used to carry like that tennis racket. We properly he'd use it loaded because <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd have to on the way out. He'd have to use it. Because yeah. He loaded because he he would just use it if he needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of his opinions in the in the last few years aside, yeah, there is no bigger heat magnet and no. somebody who could who had an innate skill of getting up people's yeah. noses still does. Yeah, but there is nobody better, and and I I would put him up. In in the top three managers of all time. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Bobby Heenan, number one, without a doubt. Yeah. Not even not even anybody close. No. And and I I put Jim Cornette number two. Yeah, yeah. You probably say so. Yeah, you have to really. And I put Paul Heyman number three. Yeah. But there's nobody else that comes close. If you're gonna have a manager, managers are pretty much there. Were there in the eighties and nice to to be the voice of people who weren't a very good interview. So you, yeah. he he was such a natural on the mic, and he he could just piss people off without without even thinking. Would it be in WWF in the nineties? Yeah, he every did a good hill, job. Every hill would have a manager. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't they? You'd have you'd have shit ones. Mister Fuji was rubbish. <laughs> Slick was good. Slick was rubbish. <laughs> I like slick. Yeah, but he was rubbish. Uh, they didn't have good lots of managers. Frenchie Martin. Who? Frenchie Martin used to manage. Oh uh, God, Dino yeah, Bravo. bloody Dino Bravo. Yeah, I don't know what rubbish. his gimmick was. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah. Um, Lou Albano. Mouthy coach job. He used to manage uh, Mr. Perfect. John Tolos, the yeah. Golden Greek. <laughs> yeah. He was um, awful, and they got the rid of him. Pretty quick, loads yeah. of foreign. All these people are like one-shot deals. You had your set managers. Yeah. How? Mr. Perfect was a good manager. He was an executive consultant. Well, yeah, he was a really manager. He yeah, yeah. really managed one person. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. It's weird that again we're getting on complete tangents now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird that they give when Flair came in to the WWF. Yeah. And they put him in Bobby Heenan. That isn't weird. Yeah, Flair doesn't need a somebody to to talk for him, does he? No, but they need because a lot of people wouldn't have made that connection with Ric Flair because they wouldn't, they just simply wouldn't have watched NWA or WCW. It's just like this guy. They had like, to. This guy is a bad guy. Yeah. Look, Bobby he's with, Look, he's with Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And that and that made. That made it without a shadow of a doubt well, that this guy is the, is going to be a top heel. When we did our Rick Rude episode, we I think we said that the Rick Rude, he didn't like having Bobby Heenan with him because he thought it was a, a distraction. He thought he could do enough, get over enough, as a heel, 
the hidden on the outside with all the distractions and that was taken away from what he could do. But then his next the good run was as part of the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, think, I think possibly the reality of his character was that he was a pretty one-dimensional interview. It was a stage yeah, script a, yeah. every time. Um, so he needed he needed that obnoxious manager to get him over. Yeah, right. Properly. So yeah, so the finish of the match, they that was about twenty minutes, wasn't it? The finish of the match. Longer than the match. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it gets reversed. The Midnight Express win by DQ. Yeah, we already said that. Cornet goes fucking mental. Starts hitting. I think he hit both the Fantastics. Both the refs. Tommy Rogers he, is dead. He, right? he, he is dead, yeah. Yeah. And he hit someone at ringside as well. Bobby Fulton is a recovering cancer yeah. patient as well. So Cornette went nuts yeah. in this match. Started whacking people with his... Wish Bobby Fulton all the best. Yeah. And he took his belt off, Cornette, and started whipping whichever one of the Fantastics it was. And then he got outside and went, woo <laughs> with his, uh, his tennis racket. Like he had the time of his life. Whipping people and hitting people with tennis rackets. Does. Sport Mama's Boys and then the interview with Eddie Haskell. But Eddie Haskell, Eddie Haskell. From Leave It to Beaver. Now, I actually watched the the new Leave It to Beaver. You did, Jesse. Your dedication to research is. No, no I watched it at the time. It was on, I think it was on Sky One, like the late. Not like after Sky had started, the new Leave It to Beaver was on Sky. I watched it. I wasn't aware then of the old. I mean, I, well, I'm, the I'm assuming the there was an old Leave It to Beaver because it's a new Leave It to Beaver, so yeah. But yeah, it was quite, like, again, it was a, the whole NWA, WCW, trying to get any kind of fucking tie into any... Well, I think it's it yeah, I mean, yeah. it a network thing, wasn't it? They're on the yeah, yeah, yeah. TBS, so... This interview is not the lowest point for celebrity <laughs> involvement that this got. But well, we'll go into that later. We'll go into that later on. Oh, and now we turn over to page two. This one. Um, da, 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 da. I've put some stuff about Leave It to Beaver. Well, Eddie Haskell was a big fan of Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Next, we go to an interview. I'm not going to play this interview, but this is equally as bad. With Gary Hart and uh, Al Perez. Al Gary Hart's a good talker. That's is. the reason he was with Al Perez. And Al Perez should have just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you can see, as Al Perez is talking... The Latin hearts, Rob. Gary Hart, is, uh, his eyes tell a story. Gary Hart, he's like... Oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. Like, he takes like a deep intake of breath, like, halfway through. Like, yeah. <sighs> and the Perez. originator of Dirty Deeds. <laughs> Al Perez was the... Um, was originally going to be the Black Scorpion. He was. And he was the... He was the Black Scorpion. Apparently, he was the Black Scorpion. I think we mentioned this in our... Who would you mention that Black Scorpion? In... Uh, 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 probably... Uh, uh, did we do something on Chlamydia? Um, no, I don't know. Should we mention the Black Scorpion? I think we have. Yeah, I can't remember what episode we'd have mentioned that in. Yeah, I just think Barry yeah. Windham, maybe. It might have been Barry Windham, yeah. Um, yeah, I put great... Great promo from Gary Hart. Oh, not so much. Yeah, yeah no. He, 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 <laughs> he was, yeah. If you thought, listening to, <laughs> listening to um, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, if you thought he was bad. I think Dr. Death was worse. Dr. Death was longer. He, longer he didn't have the, the, the barrier of Gary Hart. And then 
Yeah. Then Alvarez and then Gary Hart finishes Alvarez off. Alvarez is not a, a great no. orator. And then following that, we had the, the Crockett Cup seeds being announced by Francis Crockett at gunpoint. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Reading the, uh, the seeds for the Crockett Cup. But have you written down the seeds? I, can, I think I can remember them. But it shows the depth of the tag team in, in WCW and NWA at the See time. if I can remember them all. The Midnight Express. Yeah, they were four. Tully and Iron. Number one. Uh, Road Warriors. Number two. Powers of Pain. Number eight. Uh, Dusty and the Kita. Number six. The Fantastics must have been in there, wasn't they? They were number nine. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lex and Sting or Lex and Ronnie Garvin? No, yeah. Sting and Ronnie Garvin. Sting and, Sting and somebody. I can't remember now. That's um, The Varsity Club, that would have been... Yeah, ten. Oh, I've got two to go. Don't spend too much time. Rock on Express? Uh, no, yeah, they were, they were number seven. I've got one left. I can't think the last one was. I can't remember either. <laughs> you probably think, I just made those up. You probably didn't realise. But you know who won it that year? Was it Arnon and no. Tully? Lex and Sting, wasn't it? Lex and Sting? Yeah, yeah, well, that sort of makes sense. That's not on the network, Rocket Cup. You have to go on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we get the Road Warriors and Dusty versus the Powers of Pain. And, and the key to that. I cut off. Clusterfuck. Less I, said about it, but it was just also, a quick I wasn't shit aware. Match. I, I, I just I thought the Powers of Pain were. I didn't realise they were a thing. Before, yeah, yeah, they they the WCW creation and they moved this gimmick intact. <laughs> yeah, one of the few teams that moved with the same name, gimmick intact, and looked exactly the same. Yeah. Well, do you know what led up to this? There was a a uh, a weightlifting contest on one of the NWA yeah programs. It was Paul Jones put up some money, I think, and it was the um, Road Warriors and the the Powers of Pain with Paul Weller in, and ended up there. Precious pole. Yeah, somebody got powder in the eyes and an animal got his face smashed into one of the weight bars, which is why in this match, Animal's got a, a ski mask on. I think originally, I think he did get injured in the match properly. It was a legit injury. Yeah. Hence he's got the ski mask on. Millwall Chris asked if it was because he, he, he had a cold sore and he had to wear, he had to wear a ski mask. Hockey mask, but that's not, I don't think that's right, Millwall Chris. Um, Millwall Chris, a functioning member of society. Yeah, and I'm always a Millwall fan. Obviously, yeah, obviously not a football fan. He asked us a question about the uh, tag teams. That was a good question. Um, Dusty's got the Road Warriors face paint on. Yeah, because he's in. a he's a fucking whore. And then you've got the obviously Paris of Pain and Ivan Koloff accompanied by Paul Jones. Now I'd never seen. I don't think I've seen a Dusty Rose match. Outside of WWF. What? I don't think I have. I think I have. Apart from this one. I don't think I have. This is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't know wrestling. And so I'm doing a wrestling podcast with somebody who hasn't got a fucking clue. He's still... Yeah, I can't see him outside of that polka dot jolly kind of character. Obviously he bleeds in this match, but I mean... Bleeds in every match. Dusty Rhodes... In a wrestling yeah, match, walk into add, the toilet and bleed. Add barbed wire. He's gonna bleed me. Um, he's gonna be, He's gonna believe if 
the match was a moisturiser on a pole match. Yeah, he would bleed. bleed. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly legendary match, was it? But I mean, you're not going to get, are you? The Road Warriors versus the Powers of Pain isn't going to be a twenty-minute classic. To be honest, but you chuck in Ivan Koloff. I think, I think Barbarian is underrated. Yeah. Warlord's a piece of fat shit. Warlord's a uh, well, he's just a fucking weightlifter, isn't he? Basically. Yeah, but Barbarian is is yeah, and he had, yeah, obviously he had a fair bit of longevity. Barbarian, didn't he? Went on yeah, with yeah. Uh, Powers of Pain, not the Powers, <laughs> the Faces of Fear with uh, Meng. I'm going to start my own tag team this weekend with the pubs opening. I'm going to be part of the Faces of Beer. Faces of Beer. Okay. Um. Yeah, so there's lots of biting, lots of chains, and yeah. So they put the Road Warriors won, and then I think again, Road Warriors won. Is that it? No, it's not it. Afterwards, yeah, is that it? <laughs> afterwards they got Can't beat be. up. They got beat up. Animal got the the mask torn off and got punched in the face with a chain around the fists, and then Dusty came in to make the save. So again, not a clean. Yeah, it's all it's all it. yeah. it's all bullshit finishes with Dusty. Um, and then we got <laughs> we get another promo from the newly turned face Nikita Koloff in a uh, suit <laughs> talking like he's got like a vo- voice live the game in this boy did he talk like that when he was a heel as well yeah that's, he, would, he would he would Nikita Koloff was famous for actually yeah Living the gimmick even in he's front of the rest of the he's on Twitter now Nikita Koloff but he's a he's a he's a Born again Christian preacher now, isn't he? So his views are, are yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a religious fan. No. Sorry, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he, I think the, the whole apparently. So the story goes, the only turn face was a Magnum TA getting injured, and that led to them turning Nikita face. But he kept the gimmick and he he stayed in gimmick the whole time. Be a nice that, suit on, and he had hair. With that ludicrous. That must have been an effort to make that voice. Yeah, the whole time. time he would do that on the on the the infamous Jim Crockett plane. Yeah. And he would he would order drinks on the plane. In that in character. Yeah. And it'd be oh, and it'd be Aaron oh, Anderson obviously, but they would pull him up on it, and yeah. he would just say, "Come on." We know you're just Scotty Simpson from Minnesota. You yeah. don't have to pull that. You're with the boys now. Yeah. He used to call him Cubal when he was... Um, yeah. And the, during this, when he was face um, and grew his hair a bit and started yeah. wearing nice suits, Arn then started calling him G-Cubal <laughs> as the GQ magazine. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. Arn was the, the king of the, the comeback and the put-down. Yeah. If you were ripped by Arn... You considered it a privilege. Not a great, not a great promo, to be honest. No, it wasn't a great promo. Um, but it wasn't a place for great promos, especially from the heels. Yeah, they well, were just full of ones, shit, yeah. weren't they? So then, after this, we've got the uh, the tag, the world tag team title match: Tully and Iron versus Lex and Luger. Lex and Luger. Lex and Barry. Yeah. yeah. Le- from from the the standpoint that you had three superlative workers. In the ring, yeah, it was probably one of Lex Luger's greatest. It was, matches. yeah. He didn't do a lot to be fair in the match. He barely no. got in the match, Luger. It was, it was but, barely and, and the match was all the better for it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, because you yeah. had three of the greatest workers of the time 
in that match. Barry Windham, Iron mm -hmm. Anderson and Tully Blanchard, all Hall of Famers, all incredible yeah. wrestlers and all, if, if, should have been far more recognised than they were because everybody in the industry knew how yeah. good all of them were. But for Apart some reason... They didn't translate Jim into Hurden. box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a crying shame because you had Arn Anderson, the straight talking, straight laced enforcer of the whole thing. Yeah. Barry Windham was a fucking genius and yeah. he had the look and the talent. He just didn't have the desire. Mm. And in Tully Blanchard, you had the fucking best prick heel in the fucking business, yeah. bar none, still to this day. Yeah. Well, they, um, again, they didn't have long left. It was only a few months down the line they left. Yeah. Um, and so this match, so they... Gimmick intact, name change, yeah, yeah. but gimmick intact. They didn't really... Uh, to fair play to the WWF, they called them the Brain Busters, which yeah. is a shit name. Yeah. But they left... They left... Yeah. They left the gimmick intact. But they're heels, they so what do you think? And they didn't really fuck with it. Put them with Bobby Heenan. Yeah, put on the Bobby <laughs> Just but so was, everybody knows in our heels. But that was natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was natural. Yeah. Just to make sure you it, there's a definitely I, I will say for the vast majority of the people he managed, yeah. the ones that they brought in, Ric Flair, Arnold yeah. Tully, Mr. Perfect, those they were a natural fit. Yeah. They fit they would be who Barry, yeah. uh, Bobby, Barry Heenan. Bobby Barry Heenan. Heenan. <laughs> Bar yeah, Barry's less talented brother. <laughs> Bobby Heenan, you could, you would have had them, he would have chosen to manage them. You yeah. wouldn't need yeah. to put them together. It, it was a natural, believable fit, all of those people. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so they were, they were both on the way out. Um, they won the tag titles, Luger and Wyndham. But then again, it was only a few, a couple of months down the line where I think Lex have been recently been kicked out of the horseman before this. This this, this is a you don't get this really these days. Yeah. Not in the WWE, obviously, because it's too instant and too changey, yeah. and you don't even get it in tiny flippy wrestling. But this slow build and yeah. sort of storyline arc that stretched over the best part of a year, where it was slowly evolving. Yeah, and. Looking back on it, it was just fucking work of yeah. art. How it was actually booked. Just one, one. He was shit of finishes, but for yeah, he could book a long term. But book a long term thing. Yeah. To a T. Yeah, because then obviously Wyndham, a couple of months down the line, turned on Lex Luger and, and then joined the joined yeah. the Horseman. So it's just, just the the longer the longer story arc has gone, gone by the by with this quick hit. Yeah. Instant gratification, but but we've got ourselves to blame for that. I reckon it's because we it, it's not us as a but us not as a generation. No. Everything is too instant with with Netflix, with yeah. with games, and with instant meals, and with everything is just now. I want it all now, and things have to things that could keep you interested and slowly absorbed for months. Yeah. Now have to happen in the space of two weeks and not make any fucking sense and then it quietly dropped. None of it meant wrestling doesn't make sense anymore. And without an audience, <laughs> it makes absolutely yeah. no sense at all. Which is why this is now going to turn into a cookery podcast. Yeah, I need to go for a, I need to go for a wee as well. So. You, you haven't even left me anything to work with. 
Well, talk about we're building up to the main event now, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've probably got Bob Cordell giving another fucking up. And actually, Andy, and now he's not in the room, um, I can safely say that Andy hasn't got a bloody clue about anything that is. W, that isn't WWF in the 80s and 90s. He is of a generation that didn't watch anything else but WWE. He has never watched... Did You heard this, right, people? You heard this, that he never watched a Dusty Rhodes match that wasn't in the WWE. I will just let that sink in for a couple of seconds that he never watched Dusty Rhodes when he wasn't wearing the fucking ludicrous polka dots and being taken the piss out of from week to week by Vince McMahon. This is what I am having to fucking deal with on a weekly basis. What? Somebody who drinks cheap shit wine, <sighs> crap beer, and has never seen Dusty Rhodes wrestle in anything other than polka dots. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I despair. I apologise to Dusty Rhodes, anyone else? Well, he's dead, isn't he? But I apologise to him. Apo apologise to all the dead. Mm. <laughs> Everyone of them. <laughs> right, main event. So, the main event is Sting versus Ric Flair. So... Sting had only really been recently signed from well, I think when he acquired the UWF, Sting was like one of their top stars. So this was Sting's first big he wasn't even really one of their top stars. Well no, he was one of their marketable stars. Yeah. This oh, was his along first with that young man. Not that you would have seen him, but you'd have been too busy watching bloody bushwhackers versus the Beverly Brothers. I'm sorry, we didn't get you we didn't get like UWF in Staple Hill in 1988. I was in the same city as you, mate. All yeah, right. Right, well, yeah. Did you get UWF? I sort it out Did you? as okay, soon yeah. as I can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the main event, Flair versus Sting in a 45-minute time limit match. Got a bit eggy then, didn't he, everyone? <laughs> There's no mention of why J.J. Dillon's in a, in a shark cage, is there? No, there wasn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. He, just, he just ended up in a he cage. He just spun all the up in a cage, just in case. There you go. <laughs> right. So there's four judges for this match as well. No, five judges. Five judges for this match. All of them eminently qualified. Eminently qualified. Judge I'm going to turn the light on a minute so I'm getting up. So you might hear me. You can. No, by you, by you. Don't put the big light on. I'm not going to put... Oh, fuck's sake. There's one for the... No, down the side. Follow the black lead down, it'll be round the side. There, it's one for the one go. for the old school fans. The there you go, that's light enough, you don't need a fucking big light on. One for the old school fans, talking about the big light. <laughs> back in the yeah, back in the flat, back in those days. Um Yeah, yeah, old school old school old school <laughs> bang bang podcast <laughs> argument resurfacing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fans of the big light if you fucking don't put the dancing big light in on. their dancing in their living rooms now. I mean is it, my old flat used to have quite a big it was a bigger lounge than this, and it had a. If anyone still would have at this point, yeah. Um, yeah. So the big light needed to go on because yeah. Andy is is registered blind. Yeah. But in this smaller environment, it's a nice cosy three bed ca uh, 
council house that I've moved into with, yeah. my, with my other half and my better Friends. half. Yeah. Um, and the big light doesn't need to go on. The big okay, light never fine. needs to go on. It's fine. Um, and we've got a 1950s lamp. Yeah. And that's gone on now. And, oh, yeah. and that is right by Andy's head. It's so perfect. I'm, the glare literally, off of his head is, is literally amazing. Literally perfect. But he can see his notes. I can, right. I so, haven't even I haven't even turned my phone on. Normally there we are, I, see? Normally I'd put up Wikipedia page. How good am I? You don't need to turn your phone on tonight, mate. I just, I just take you for a little It's not you being good. It's the fact that I've watched Great American Bash. Have you? Great American Clash Bash? Of, yeah, Clash <laughs> of the Champions. Yeah, I don't know. Don't show doing, off, mate. Like, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Yeah. I watch Clash of the yeah. Titans. Night of Champions. Times. Yeah. So the judges. So Gary Jester. Gary Jester. Gary Jester was a promoter. Yeah. Sandy Scott. Not very well and highly regarded promoter. Um, if, if 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 stories are to be believed. Sandy Scott used to play for Celtic in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sandy Scott was um, yeah George Scott's brother who had a really. Very, very poor quality um, run as Booker. Right. Uh, interim Booker. Sandy Scott was, according to Jim Cornette, the yeah. nicer of the two of the of the Scott brothers. They had a few. They never spoke to each other. They um, stood in the lift going from together. <laughs> George Scott and George Sandy Scott, Scott and Sandy Scott yeah. with a couple of other people and yeah. Jim Cornette yeah. going up. A couple of flights of stairs yeah. in in WCW offices. They got into the lift on separate floors. They yeah. stood next to each other. They didn't even look at each other, and right. they got out on the same floor and both went separate ways and never said a thing. And yeah, um, Jim Cornette was with Sandy Scott, and he said, "There's your brother in the, in there. You didn't say anything." And he just looked around and went, "Who?" <laughs> Was he blind as well? Sandy Scott. I can understand yeah. family feuds mm. and and not getting on with people in your family. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah family. Uh, Ken Osmond, who apparently was in Leave It to Beaver, the new Leave It to Beaver and the old Leave It to Beaver. Yeah. Jason Hervey. From the Wonder Years. From the Wonder Years. With, with hindsight. Yeah sort of made a little bit more sense because he went into business with Eric yeah. Bischoff. And it was also um, going out with Missy Hyatt for a while as well. Yeah, yeah. And he was Everybody did. 18 I think, I think she we was, went out with Missy yeah, Hyatt for a bit. She was considerably older than he was. Which is completely normal in the day eight is. She, you know. Have you seen her these days? No. It's like a fucking melted candle. <laughs> and then the penthouse model and actress, Patty Mullen. Never heard of her. Never will again. Oh, ho, ho, ho. oh, ho, ho, ho. Andy, <laughs> Andy has got some information Patty now. Mullen. He's even pointing fingers. I googled Patty. Did a bit of research into Patty Mullen. She's an actress as well. What she was she? in a film called Frankenhooker. I had that on video. Oh, Frankenhooker. Yeah, yeah. Well, she she plays the title. Uh, she was. She, she was, was Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I not. I bet. I. I Bought videos simply because they were shit back in the day. I even had, yeah. I even had a copy of Hell Comes to Frogtown, uh, starring uh, Lady Roddy Piper. Yeah. But it will get people who are under the age of forty. We used to get there used to be not like video nasties or like those sort of things where you get these VHS well in fucking Betamax. 
yeah. copies of these films. So the people who made Frank and Hooker, they made Basket Case as well. Remember Basket yeah. Case? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brain Damage as well. They made that. But these are all... That's why I'm surprised I've not heard of Frank and Hooker before. Schlock. Because I knew... I used to have that. I used to have... And, um, um, Amazon Women on the Moon, I used to have that <laughs> as well. The Basket Case was... I remember that as a kid. My mum used to work in a video shop in Whitehall when I was a kid. That's what I work now. And I... Well, not in the video shop. Well, I don't know where it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, she's working in the video shop on Whitehall Road. And um, there'd be all these... And, like, the films would get played in the shop, like, whilst it was open. There'd just be a film playing. You'd have, like, a movie on in, yeah, the, in yeah. the video shop whilst people were walking around. I can remember things like Basket Case and that, and they were, like, the... Things you have to go around a little. There's a little section around the corner for the dark, for the dark stuff. Like I, when when video when video shops first opened, because yeah. I'm old enough to remember that when video shops were yeah. was suddenly a thing. We I used to hang out on Lodge Causeway in Fishponds. Yeah. Um, and M and V M and B Video, which yeah. is Mike and Blue. Um, yeah. Mike and Blue also owned the car showroom over the road, and <laughs> it was Mike's. It was Blue used to run the the uh, car showroom more yeah. ostensibly, and Mike was like quite young, um, badly fitting suit, still wore flared suits yeah. about sort of early eighties back back in the day. Yeah, and we it just became a magnet for all of us. We just because he yeah. he'd stay up until ten o'clock, and we we got friendly with him and and used to go in there, and yeah. it was just. All those sort of films where you just go, yeah, we'll have that. Yeah. And and you'd you'd have some of the things, but you'd unearth some gems. Yeah. Within that, there's a Vietnam film, and I still say it's the best Vietnam film to this day. Yeah. Taken into account, <laughs> Platoon. Yeah. And um, Hamburger Hill. Yeah. And God, what was the other? Full Metal Jacket. That was. That was the one. Full yeah. Metal Jacket. It had Arlie Ermey yeah. in it as the drill sergeant because of his work in this film. Yeah, yeah. It was a film called Boys from Company C. Yeah. If you can search Google out, that, if Boys from Company C. That is my... It's got to be on YouTube, probably. Probably, but that is my pick as the best yeah. Vietnam film of... All time, yeah. Apocalypse Now, all those others pale into insignificance. Yeah, it's the low budget gem that is Boys from Company C. Right, I'll have a look at that on my own. Yeah, that's great. That was great. It was one of those sort of films, and it always it always reminds me of that time of hanging out in the video shop. Yeah, but God, there was suddenly an explosion of shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, came out like Frankenhooker. Yeah, that all went straight to video. Yeah. In the early days of video, and you, it was like, oh, we'll have that out during the week. Yeah, it was a cult classic, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, then now, now on to like one of the best matches. Well, one of the best matches I've seen. It's a 45 minute, it finished a time in the draw. It did, but that it didn't was. didn't seem like, again, it's a 45 minutes match. You think 45 minutes. It it went by in a fucking flash, to be honest. Because yeah, because was, they, they held, it was believable. They held everybody's interest. Yeah. Sting could work a match with Flair. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. It was Sting was... He must have been in his 20s at this point. I'd he, say was. Sting. He, he was. He was. Indeed. Athletic. 
sexy. Flair would run a match basically. Virile. A lot of the match, Flair would be. Well, he, he basically Flair was the the boss of the match. He would call the spots and kind of. Well, back in that sort of time, and anybody who's worth their salt would know this anyway. So I'm I'm preaching a converted, but all the time you had the main events and most most of the events, the heel would call the match. Yeah. Yeah, but it was. Um, I mean, again, we, all these things you can get on the network. We get, there's not really much we could say that would probably do any sort of justice to the match. It was, it, it was, it it was, was a great, great match. match. It was Flair's normal match. Yeah. But Sting fitted beautifully into yeah. that thing. He was over, and Flair allowed him to do his stuff as well. Yeah. So it was, it was the making of Sting. It established him as a, a proper contender, and he yeah. would go on even after a, the injury things yeah. that would happen to him, um, where they considered dropping it to Luger. But well, again, Sting didn't get a world. I think he was, he was probably what well, Sting didn't win the world title for probably never two years after this. But he was injured through a lot yeah. of that, and well, next Rick, he thought, Ric Flair. Yeah. In, when he ousted um, Dusty as a booker and Dusty went off to the WWF, yeah. he refused to lose the title to Luger because he, he'd taken an old school view that he promised it to Sting, yeah. I'm going to hold it for Sting until he gets back. Yeah. Um, but it established Sting as a, a credible world championship yeah. Contender. Um, it was obvious from that point on that it was only a matter of time. Yeah. Because he looked great in it. Flair made him look great whilst keeping Flair looking strong and, yeah. and great. 45 minute draw. And the match finished with Flair in the Scorpion Death. The Scorpion yeah, yeah. Death one, of those, one of those things yeah. where three, two, one. Yeah. Well, the guy was counting down. He, I think he died the last minute. He was like. Five minutes, three minutes, one minute, and then he was going, got to 30 seconds, and he got down to 10 seconds, and he counted down 10, whilst Flair's in the Scorpion Deathlock, and he's like, hanging on, hanging and on, hanging on, and he did. And now obviously goes to the judges. Now there's five judges, so you think that's going to be a, you've got to have a decision, there's five judges. Oh yeah, you'd have Only three judges give their, we didn't, we never heard what, Jason Hervey and uh, Ken Osmond. We didn't hear their votes. We only heard Patty Mullen, who went for Flair. Obviously, because she's a Frank. Yeah. And the other two, I don't know what they were. It ended up being a, being a draw. So. Which still doesn't make any sense. There was, <laughs> three, there was three votes. Well, one guy said it was a draw. Uh, and then Patty Mullen said Flair, and the other guy said Sting. So, so bullshit, basically. But again, as with the majority of these... NWA matches of the time, brilliant match. The ending's not. The, <laughs> yeah, the, ending. the ending's shite, to be honest. So, but yeah. So, what would you again do? How would you? One of the questions we've asked from our friend Nels, not the not the convict, was. <laughs> but you, she she is right yeah. to be both excited and terrified. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. But how would you say that that show stood up against WrestleMania 4? I mean, I've not watched WrestleMania 4 recently. Totally different prospect. Yeah. Totally different ends, totally different production, totally different reason for it being. Yeah. 
I would rate that above WrestleMania four. Yeah, I think that there was historically three. it was it was it it got Randy Savage the title and sort of didn't, but still protected Andre and Hulk. Yeah, but. Historical significance aside, you're looking at as it at a whole program, and I think there were far too many inferior matches and far too much going on. I yeah. think it was Class of the Champions was concise, stayed within like an hour and a half. Um, Shit interviews aside, there was not a good interview in that entire programme. No. The wrestling alone carried it. Yeah. My favourite match, unfortunately for you, would be the Fantastics versus... Well, no, it was a good match. The Midnight Express. I think it was... Um, again, there's three matches on that card which were infinitely better than anything on that WrestleMania card. Yeah. By a long way. So... So from a wrestling standpoint, yeah, that was better. Clash of the Champions wins the day hands down. I of the two, I give, I give um, Clash of the Champions B plus A minus. I give WrestleMania four a C. Yeah, and it um, only got a C because of the historical importance of Randy Savage becoming world champion. There was too much bullshit going on. I remember my mate Derek said, do you think if WCW was still around today, do you think Clash of the Champions would still be as big as it was back in the 80s and 90s? Um, no, because it wasn't big. The, if you go onto the network and watch the last few, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't big. That was straight from the end. But if, if, you, if you haven't got these monthly pay-per-views, then having, what well, this was, quarterly minutes, so it was four months, every four months you'd have this free... Super show. I think that could work. I think the concept could work, if but you didn't the Clash have... of the Champions as it became, yeah. I don't think it no. would work. If you didn't have monthly pay-per-views, if you only had your... Now, you, you, you pose an interesting question, mm. because I think the monthly pay-per-views from... from the WWF's e point of view, I think they're making far more revenue based on their monthly pay-per-views, yeah. even though numbers are down. They're, because of the sheer volume of the fuckers, they're making more money. And now they're making more money than they ever have. Well, I mean, do which you is a bit galling still... because they've released a load of wrestlers. They're making yeah. even more money now in this lockdown. But yeah. from a wrestling fan's point of view, I think is at the detriment. I think if you had the big four pay-per-views, if they kept it at that now, or even pared it down to that now, I, from a wrestling standpoint and a logic standpoint and a progression of TV programmes standpoint, yeah. we'd be much better off because they'd have less frequent points to try and build too quickly to. Yeah. They could have slightly longer term story arcs 
and from a wrestling fan's point of view, we'd have more reason to watch the programmes because we'd see a slowly yeah. evolving storyline and it would actually make those four pay-per-views a year yeah. worth tuning into because there'd be a reason for us to tune into it because we it would be the finishing point a lot of the time yeah. for a lot of these storylines. I think that the, there's too many everything. There's now, now you've just got these bloody pay-per-views. Now you've got special events. Yeah. And you've got fucking free thing. Fighter Fest. Great American Bash. Good yeah. point. To, that they're both done for a ratings grab. Yeah. The Great American Bash was... I, th- I think there was a little bit more long-term thought put into Great American Bash. They just didn't bother... Do you? They just didn't... Yeah, <laughs> I think it's all they announced it. But they didn't... Like, they, I th- after I th- last week's I, episode. I th- actually think that they the timing of them announcing it was deliberate, but I think that whole mindset is wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think things need to build a little bit more. That's what this so way, from a TV point of view yeah. and a natural point of view, I think I get why people are saying Great American Bash was a, a ratings grab, but both of them are. Look at the first Fighter Fest that yeah. was there as yeah. a ratings grab to establish. Yeah, 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 yeah. AEW. Yeah. Um, but that was I, a yearly I, I thing. Did, did it last I year. don't really get I've a lot of year. why WWE is doing what they're doing at the moment. But people need to take on board the fact that counter-programming is, is part of TV. That's what they do. It's all about ratings. The thing and was, what makes me fucking my blood and We're going to run out of time in a minute. Boil. Yeah, we might have already run out of time already. No, we probably haven't. What makes my piss... Fucking boil. You got thirty is, seconds left. Is the yeah. fact that fucking this demographic shit? No. I'm I'm of that non-demographic thing that will watch wrestling. It doesn't matter how old you fucking are. It's the fact that you love wrestling yeah. and NXT beat AEW. But that's irrelevant because irrelevant. you fuckers need to grow up and just watch lots of wrestling. Right. And on that note, it's bye bye. Um, have a good week and fucking don't die. Cheers, all the best.